0: This episode has been sponsored by MapHook. Hello and welcome to the Gray Area, where I dispense advice and give interviews on relationships between gamers. My name is Genesee Gray, and this is the 18th podcast in a weekly series titled Cosplay Gamer. Last week's episode was a conversation with Dave from GeekBits Podcast about Death D4 Dishonor and his Dungeons & Dragons experience. Please visit www.genesee.com, the Gray Area homepage, and add to the forum discussion on this topic, and tell me your story. Today is Saturday, May 23rd, and this week we speak with Cryptomancer, slash Tony, about the connection between cosplay and gaming. Welcome to the show, Tony. I'm glad to have you here. It's been a while since uh, we've got a chance to talk on Skype.
1: Yeah, thanks for uh, inviting me in.
0: Before we get to um, that topic, let's discuss the news of the week. So news of the week, Deus Ex Human Revolution, the third in the series, is being released August 23rd, and it promises to be less disappointing than the second in that series, so people are excited about that. The Xperia Play phone from Verizon, which is basically a PlayStation phone, is finally being released May 26th, and it will come with Madden NFL 11, Bruce Lee Dragon Warrior, Asphalt 6, Adrenaline, The Sims, and a bunch of other kind of smaller games to play, and that's kind of nice. It's equipped with those. A new game called Glorious Mission, a first-person shooter, which is kind of similar to Call of Duty, is backed by the People's Liberation Army and is under the spotlight because this game targets the U.S. troops as the enemy to kill in the game. Although Homefront and Call of Duty kind of had Middle Eastern and Asian people as the target and that was sort of controversial at the time, this game is more disturbing because it's backed by the Chinese army. Rockstar's L.A. Noir has come under fire for causing some PS3 systems to overheat, along with Sony's new firmware, and Sony claims this is not the case and it has a number to call for those experiencing issues and that they should contact the company. But don't get me started on the continuing problems of the PSN network. That would be a whole show just in itself. Uh, for the gray area, I have some news. I'm having issues between the RSS host and iTunes, and... Um, because of those issues where both people are not going to switch the RSS to what I'd like it to do, I'm going to end up taking the current iTunes version of the gray area, just stopping upload of episodes on that and creating a new version called the gray area podcast. It's going to have the same um, icon and it's going to have all the episodes up till this point and then I'll continue to add episodes to that new one. So. This will be the last episode that you will find at Cyber Ears where I'm currently hosting. So I'm going to put a little note in this episode and also maybe I'll make a little little five-minute episode for people just to tell them you're gonna have to re-RSS to the new one so once that's created I'll have uh, something on the website but you probably will not find a further episode uh, the one you're listening to right now so you're going to have to re-RSS for that so I'm sorry for the inconvenience it's just something I can't control on either side Refuses to help me, so we're going to do like Scott Johnston does, and we're going to just stop and then start over. <laughs> so same gray area, just different RSS. Yeah. So Tony, what is your news of the week? What's going on in sunny California?
1: Um, well, sunny California would be Southern California. This northern part is only kind of sunny. Um, and so actually, let's see. Last weekend, I was uh, down in LA. Um, being an extra on the guild
0: Mm, yes i'm excited for you to tell us about that
1: yeah um well uh, i can't say much but what i can say is i mean the whole reason why uh i was uh you know even you know signing up to be the extra for that was because they had a call for for cosplay and and you know costumed people to be extras Mm -hmm. so i was like oh I've got costumes. Here, here's pictures of me in costume. And, you know, sure enough, they said, hey, can you, you know, make it? Interestingly, they had asked me on a Thursday when I had to, you know, drive down on a Friday to be there for a Saturday, you know, like 6 a.m. shoot. So there was some, you know, interesting six-hour, you know, drives involved.
0: Ooh. Did you get a chance to meet Felicia Day or any of the cast of the guild?
1: Meet? No. Be on set with? Yes. Be almost within arm's reach of? Yes. But that's... <laughs> yeah, uh, because I had to, you know, of course, drive back for work on Monday, um, I had to leave early, and so I wasn't around when they finally wrapped up, and so essentially all of my, uh, you know, new friends that were also extras, all their, like, Facebook profile pictures are now them and Felicia Day. Them and Felicia Day. And I'm just like, ah...
0: Oh, no... You missed that, huh?
1: Yep. And possibly the
0: food, because I do follow her on Twitter, and it seems like she Mm. has a really nice post cast food item usually for people.
1: Yeah, they were saying that they had lots of good food.
0: (laughs) Sorry, I don't mean to rub it in.
1: No, it's fine, because look, I got to be on set with her and, you know, do my thing as an extra, which mostly involved stand here and then walk across the camera. Okay, great.
0: Ah, okay. So was she as amazing in person as I imagine her in my mind to be?
1: I'll have to have you explain better how she is in your mind to, <laughs> to match up expectations.
0: Okay. I just see little videos of, that she posts yeah. of uh, just the filming and, and just some of the silly stuff that she does where she sits there and tries to put her leg over her head for 15 minutes and they film her and she rolls around yeah, the Yeah,
1: I've, I've seen those too and... um. I wish I could match them up, but since we were on set, you know, she was essentially, you know, working the whole time. So it wasn't a lot of, you know, the downtime stuff that I saw, so.
0: Ah, professional. Okay. Yeah,
1: I mean, it, it was it was interesting because, you know, unlike things you hear about, like, other, you know, stars being, you know, divas on set or whatever like that. No, she, she was, you know, absolutely, you know, professional. She was doing her thing and it seemed like everybody was having fun so
0: excellent so is there anything that you are allowed legally to tell us about the episode Absolutely that you not. filmed I, f- I suspected not
1: yeah I mean I I could you know try looking at the the details of the paperwork but it, it's you know and not only that I mean I wouldn't want to you know spoiler something you know that essentially messes up what they're trying to do you know it's like well you're a fan of the guild and, you know, even if you knew the spoilers, it's like, are you really going to do that to the people who produced the guild? No.
0: <laughs> you want to be back. You don't want to yeah, mess with mean, the a guild. Yeah, the
1: only thing I can say is that, you know, I'm in costume for it, so.
0: Which one were you wearing for that? Was it Blood was, Elf?
1: No, I was wearing my Castlevania Alucard. Outfit.
0: Ah, okay, I like that one.
1: When yeah, we... it it was pretty um shiny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we will get to that. Um, Let's... Let's hold off on the cosplay for a second, and I'd like to begin with the games that you play right now. They don't have to be MMOs; they can be any console or PC. But I believe that you do play some. So, what currently are you playing, or have you played recently?
1: Ooh, um, well, the, to say recently, we'll have to go back in time a little bit because uh, I've been mainly doing, you know, World of Warcraft for a really long time, okay. um, and just due to work, I don't have a lot of that time for other things. Um, One other that I've uh, been playing recently is called Spiral Knights. Um, It's put out by uh, Three Rings and Sega. Um, It's also an MMO, but um, most of the time, you know, when you're in this, you know, cutesy world running around with your sword and shield, um, when you're in the, you know, their version of dungeons are called Clockworks because the entire world is essentially a big clockwork place. Hmm. Um, so as you're going down into the clockworks, um, your party is limited to a size of four. So it really gives you a vibe of something like uh, uh, Legend of Zelda Four Swords. Um, and, okay. and I've been told that, you know, it, it seems very much like a cross between uh, Four Swords and, like, Fantasy Star Online. Um, and a, a couple other things. and it's just a really amazingly fun, you know it's like, okay, run in and just start smacking things around. and all the artwork is amazingly cute. Um, and that's part of the appeal,
0: okay. so this is a like an MMO where you get four people that are other people online or
1: yeah, um okay. I mean to to make another like Warcraft analogy, it, it's kind of like pugging except it doesn't suck so much. <laughs>
0: Excellent news. So you continued to play World of Warcraft even in uh, 4.1, right now? Yep. Okay. I've come back for this new patch because of the ZG and some of the new quests and things like that, and I'm mm-hmm. enjoying it so far. What? Are you a horde? Are you an alliance? What characters do you play?
1: Uh, alliance. Uh, my main, Daywin, is a uh, night elf rogue, um, and we're on the uh, Uldum server.
0: Okay, excellent. Love the rogues. Mm. So how long would you say you've been gaming, just an estimate? Was it before the cosplaying or after the cosplaying? Yes, like
1: long before the cosplaying. The cosplaying is, is, is kind of a recent phenomenon, but gaming, oh my god, that goes back to like before high school.
0: Okay, I know you've and would with us before, so I figured mm. that you were probably a, a veteran of the gaming world.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, the the gaming probably goes back to the 80s.
0: Okay. Yeah. Which none of us like to remember.
1: Gaming was interesting in the 80s, but it's definitely far different than it is today.
0: So what do you think is the connection between gaming and cosplay? Because it seems like a lot of people that are avid cosplayers... Are not just anime fans or manga fans or things like that. They they tend to be gamers as well. Is that your experience? Because you know a lot more of them yeah, than I would.
1: Yeah, I've uh, met a lot uh, that um, are taking their you know costume inspiration from video games. I, I mean, my Castlevania Alucard you know, is a prime example there. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of a tangent to the last uh, question, one of the other console games that I had been. Uh, playing was, uh, you know, Valkyrie Chronicles, Valkyria Chronicles, sorry, um, and I've seen a whole bunch of really good cosplayers uh, for that. Um, and heck, even before that I was uh, playing Odin Sphere, and that has some really cool designs in it as well. Um, and I think that's, you know, kind of the, the connection there is that, you know, games that have really cool designs... You know, people, you know, see them or they you know, they acquire them in game and and they're like, Hey, I want that. I am so gonna make that and I've done that myself too. I mean, my list of, you know, cosplays that I want to do is almost determined by, you know, things that looked cool that I really should make.
0: Okay. I know that you make your own outfits. How did you end up doing that rather than just buying, I guess, pre made things? What was the inspiration to go that direction?
1: well um, a couple first is that I don't think there's that many people uh, making uh, essentially the pre-made costumes that are, are what you're after mm-hmm. um, because you know, it takes a lot of effort um, and so you know the other route is to go for a commission where you know, you commission someone who does costumes to, to make it for you um, for me I, I like the, the whole hands on do it myself sort of thing um, and so the way I, I was going about it was mainly, well, first I was trying to get help from friends on it, but, um, you know, everybody with a sewing machine pretty much at some point or other flaked out on me. So it was, you know, up to me to figure it out myself. I mean, I'm an engineer, it's a sewing machine, I can figure it out. Um, so that's how I, you know, went to just starting, you know, making my own. Um, and one of the other reasons for, for getting into the cosplaying was that there were some of these, you know, characters that, you know, I liked and I, you know, wanted to, to cosplay or whatever. And in looking over, uh, you know, what other people have done before, I've seen other people do these characters, but I didn't like how they did them. You know, it was kind of, you know, last minute maybe, you know, or they only spent a week on it. And, you know, I, I I don't, you know, diss those cosplayers for, for what they've made, you know, because they're you know having fun with it themselves. But what I wanted to do was specifically produce a really awesome costume, or to pull off you know a character really well, you know, rather than just necessarily like a Halloween you know dress up, run around, have fun. Right. Uh, you know, because that's entirely you know what some people do, and that's you know great. Um, you know, but I wanted to to take it further, I guess.
0: I think a lot of people have not just because they, they have a visual to look at, but people sort of create that character in their mind and you know build it up to a, sort of a very personal version of that character. And I know I feel that way sometimes about people that I read in books and then see in movies. It's not the way that I feel it should be in my mind. And, and I could definitely see looking at somebody and saying, you're not playing him right. That's the way it's supposed to be. And making it kind of on your own, which I think it's really cool. I mean, I'm not a cosplayer because I'm on the East Coast and we just don't really have like options for cosplay, but I really like the Renaissance fair, as you know, and I tend to dress up not as a specific character in history, but just for the era, so I feel like I have a little bit of a kinship with cosplay because it's very uh, time-consuming to pick the different pieces of, of your outfit and get very <laughs> particular mm-hmm. about that sort of thing. So, um, unlike with the Renaissance Fair, where a lot of people, it's more just the era you want to kind of put yourself in, it seems like cosplayers have that specific character. So, why Alucard for you, and and why a Blood Elf as well? Like, why did you pick those particular guys?
1: Oh, um... I almost forget why I picked Alucard. Um... It might have come because, at a particular time, uh... They had re-released the Castlevania Symphony of the Night, in mm-hmm. which Alucard is the the main character instead of a Belmont, um, and they had re-released it on Xbox 360 for download. And so some of my friends were like, "Hey, look, they've made this on 360," and I just looked at my shelf and went, "Hey, wait a minute, flip, flip, flip. Oh, look, I've got the original PlayStation disc. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, I you know got to playing it again there and. Uh, looking through the art book because that was uh, something they added uh, to the 360 download apparently, um, and so I found you know some samples of it online, and the amount of you know work that that uh, the artist put into the, the concept art and the you know I guess in-game manual art uh, for the characters it was just like it was a a stunning you know outfit that he was wearing. Plus, of course, you know, he's unnaturally pretty. Yeah. So, um... So I love Castlevania. Like, yeah, and, and see, that's the other reason why I did it, was because there's, um, plenty of, uh, you know, fangirls that also really liked it. Um, I mean, my experience now having, you know, made it, is, uh, when I go to a con, uh, just about everybody who recognizes the character right off, most of those are girls. <laughs> guys usually mistake me for Sephiroth at first ah, because of the long blonde, blonde wig. And when I tell them no they're wrong, they kinda struggle to find what character I am. <laughs> but, you know, it's like fangirls, you know, they know it and they they love the outfit too and, you know, they're also, you know, rather impressed that I made the whole thing. So Yeah, so that was one reason for, for picking that character. Um, as for, uh, the other elf, um, which, okay, I'm going to pick, it was my night elf death knight character, um, I think part of the reason for, for making that was, um, jeez, I think we were trying to figure, like, what was the best iconic death knight armor in Warcraft, and... Most of them were, you know, shared with other classes, so they weren't per se unique to the Death Knight. Mm -hmm. And even the things that were unique to the Death Knight were maybe not the best designs. You know, it's like, if you looked at that and you didn't play Warcraft, you know, you wouldn't really think anything of it. it's like, okay, that's, you know, nice spiky armor. Nothing, nothing told you that the person under the helmet is dead. It's just Um, the
0: glowing eyes. That's the only reason you can tell someone's a Death Knight. Yeah,
1: that, that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, so, of, of all the armor sets, the only one that um, seemed like a really cool design was actually the the noob armor, the, the starting armor that they give you when you're first risen from the grave. <laughs> uh, so that was the outfit that I chose. Um, yeah.
0: My favorite of all of them is the Helsing cosplay is it vampire hunter d i forget his name right now off the top of my head the one that you have with the hand
1: oh yeah vampire hunter d is the one with uh the hand um i have seen a bunch of helsing uh, cosplays too separate series though um then yeah but vampire hunter d is the one where uh you know he's got this face in the palm of his left hand and um it doesn't actually have a name or whatever but uh, most of the fans refer to him as Lefty.
0: <laughs> okay. I loved the anime. It's been a long time since I've seen that uh, the series, but I kind of remember it having an attitude.
1: Yes. It was a personality where D was the, you know, uh, calm, reserved, and silent, you know, protagonist.
0: So I was reading um, on 4chan. I don't know if you know that site. Someone referred he- it to me. <laughs> I was
1: about to say, it's like you've been on 4chan. Oh dear, you better wash <laughs> your hands.
0: Yeah, there was an awful lot of cattiness and general, mm-hmm. like, beauty pageant attitude from people in there. Do you mm-hmm. find that typical in cosplay? I mean, are people, like, rear, ripping each other's outfits apart and saying, like, you know. There
1: how- are pretty much the, the gamut of personalities, and there are divas in cosplay um some of them are deserved you know some of those people really you know work hard at it and they are really good and you know you can't deny them that um however you know being polite doesn't really cost you anything so the only thing those people are really missing out on is you know respect um in my opinion um for anybody that uh tells me how great my outfit is and, and, and that sort of thing it's like you know I can thank them and, and like that and I'm more than willing to share with them how I did everything you know on making a cosplay so I like encouraging you know people to be able to do it rather than you know when they say oh I could never do something like that and it's uh, no no you can you can here's how um, you know so I I like being the, the helpful sort um, yes there are divas um, and y- yes there are still you know those people that you know win multiple contests you know they have really amazing outfits that you know, go far beyond you know what I do cause what I do is really not that challenging um, but you know there there are other helpful people too and, and more than happy to you know stand around and get their picture taken you know and and talk to you about stuff but uh, yes there are there are divas. <laughs> What is even... that like?
0: That's the thing that I feel that would hold me back from cosplaying. The fact that you have to stand and pose like your character and have multiple people flashing photography at you. That, that freaks me out a bit. What is that like?
1: Well, you don't have to, and that's the other thing. Um, I mean, I've known people that have done cosplay, and they get that reaction, um, and they don't like it very much. But at the same time, it's like, well, no, you, you can perfectly well just you know walk off you know it's like what are these the other people with the cameras what are they going to do you know yell at you not really nobody's really that much of a jerk at least of photographers you know because most of them are, are the fans too um so it's like yeah if you're not really you know cool with standing someplace getting your picture taken for a few minutes it's like usually you just get out of the pose that you're in or whatever and just say hey guys I gotta go sorry you know catch me later bye and you know it's the same sort of thing you know it's it's easy to be polite and uh, that makes it easier for other people to you know be understanding and then wander apart
0: Uh, the other thing is uh, most of these cons that you attend at least in in my experience are never close to where you live so you have to take your entire outfit with you and then find a place to get into the outfit and make yourself look appropriate and that seems to me a difficult thing I mean I was considering dressing for Dragon Con which um, is in Atlanta which I'd have to take a plane for and things like that and that severely kind of limited the the outfit that I could choose if I decided to do that because big wings or things like that just would not go on a plane or wouldn't travel well. So how do you handle the the traveling and then getting into it without feeling like you've let yourself down because you spent all this time trying to make it perfect and now you have to, on the fly, kind of put it together?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, um, it is, the travel is an interesting consideration. Um, even though a lot of the cons I go to are in Los Angeles and so it's a you know, six-hour drive for me, well, that's the thing is I drive um, because, you know, packing stuff in your own car, you have plenty of room and you, you know, it doesn't, you know, cost extra to check it in. Uh-huh. Um, one time I did uh, fly to a con in Minneapolis um, with my Vampire Hunter D outfit. And so I had put my, you know, like the hat, you know, it doesn't fold up or anything. So I had to put that in a separate box, check that, um, and I even, you know, made a, a custom cardboard box to hold the sword which is actually made of wood, so, you know, even on x-ray, it's not, like, a dangerous object. Okay.
0: I bet they Um, uh, give you some looks when I went through this game.
1: (laughs) Kind of, but, um... So, what I got from other people who were there who who were traveling with real swords, um, the same way that guns have, you know, these hard-shell locked cases to put them in, Mm -hmm. they make those for swords, too. And I'm sure that other people have things like that for costume pieces, um as well like you know if you have large wings that don't you know fold up easy um that sort of thing um so yeah if you if you end up doing that sort of travel uh you have to take that into consideration for you know prepping your costume for for travel uh as for getting into it um even though like uh one of the nearby cons to me is fanime uh at the end of this month um It's just an hour drive for me, uh, you know, down the length of the bay. Um, but... That's nice. But being in the car for that much, you know, I can't, like, partially get into costume and then, you know, get into the rest, like, bare in the parking lot? Um, (laughs) Yeah. I did that once when my costume was simple, and even that was more of a pain than I like. Um, I've kind of tried limiting myself to, uh... Only doing cosplay when I'm at a hotel that's like next to the convention center, because um, if I have to uh, travel a long ways, um, I don't really see it as as quite as feasible, um, and that is kind of a pain. I mean, the other option there is you know to have a friend that has you know a uh, hotel room next to the convention center, mm-hmm. and thus you know maybe store the costume there or you know bring your stuff and, you know, be able to change into stuff, you know, and, and then, you know, head right into the con. Um, because, That's a good idea. Because you know, at some point in the day, you have to get out of the costume, too. And so, where can you do that?
0: Yeah, not in the bathroom, hopefully.
1: Yeah, no. Um, to be honest, the bathroom's another issue. I, I try actually try avoiding uh, needing to go while in costume, just because... Uh, you never really know if you have enough room, even in the bathroom, or, you know, hopefully you've made your costume wearable and it's not, like, a difficult to get into and out of peace.
0: For me, that's kind of the thing, I mean, the, the Renaissance Fair that I prefer, I do have one that's about 20 minutes away and I will go in costume to that one, but the one that I like is about two and a half hours away, and it's always a consideration where Um, you know, I'll get partially into costume, but a lot of it is getting dressed in the parking lot and it's just something you get comfortable with, I guess, you know, getting corseted up in the parking lot, learning how to Mm. take things on and off in the car underneath your shirt. There's been really fun stories where I've literally dropped my skirt right on the ground in front of a biker who yelled at me as he drove by. Thank you. Like things happen, (laughs) (laughs) things happen in the parking lot that you can't control. So you just have to do that because there are no... No hotels and no—it's all porta johns, and you can't do anything about it. But mm. I was wondering if it was just as difficult for cosplay, or if you have to be a little bit more uh, pre-planning for that sort of thing.
1: I bet it's a bit easier because most cons are held either at convention centers or in hotels, so
0: so air conditioning. Usually-
1: Yeah, air conditioning for one, um, many more, you know, enclosed spaces, you have more than the parking lot to change in. Um, I mean, because even if it's a hotel that, you know, you're not staying at or whatever, they have public restrooms somewhere in the maze past the lobby. Let's
0: get ready for questions! Let's move on to listener questions. Uh, We have a listener question, which uh, I'm going to answer and give my take on, and then you can hopefully chime in and give me uh, what you feel would be a good answer to that. Toya Magami asks... I haven't cosplayed, but I'd really like to cosplay. My friends and I are planning to join a cosplay group in an upcoming anime event here in Philadelphia. Some of my friends who were cosplayers told me their experiences when it was their first time to cosplay. How did you feel when you cosplayed for the first time? Were you nervous? And that's the question. So um, I think the first time I dressed for a fair, I had some friends who wanted to take me and they had. A bunch of extra things and they said well you know you can't just go what they call it naked but you can't just go like that you have to you have to dress appropriately because we're all dressing and you'll look silly and all this other stuff and so they let me borrow outfits and it was really fun i mean there's a certain especially when you go with a group which it seems to be kind of a group thing um you have your people that you fit in with and even if there are lots of visitors there who don't. Um, have costumes on, it's sort of comfortable I feel like when I'm in a group. If I went all by myself, um, I think I would be a little bit more uncomfortable. I mean, I've been there enough now that I kind of know the protocol and how you greet other people and other stuff that that I would feel comfortable, but I think the first time definitely go with a group and uh, especially people that are experienced and can help you out because there's a lot of technical stuff where... You know, you have to learn how to just sit down. You have to learn how to eat and the basic things that you take for granted. And there's a lot of uh, mishaps that occur, at least in my experience, where you need someone to, to snap that back together and stuff like that. So, so what do you think? What's your advice on that, Tony?
1: Um, the group thing is is good advice because there's always the whole strength in numbers thing, and you know you can have these friends watching your back. Um, Yeah, my first experience was my Vampire Hunter D cosplay, and so I was solo with that. Mm. Um, And so, you know, I was... Being the first time wearing it, the other issues I was having were were mostly technical of the sort of like, Okay, this needs adjusting. I need to do this differently. And, um, you know, it's like then walking around, it's like, okay, the cape blows nicely, but it starts riding up and starts choking me. So I got to keep, you know, pulling it down. Um, and, you know, the awkwardness of walking in boots. I mean, <laughs> the, the, they were heavy boots. So um, so things like that, you know, it's like people will look and the first thing that they'll see is how good you look, really. They won't notice those little nitpicky details that you yourself are self-conscious of. So it's not that bad, really. Um, But you just have to recognize that you'll feel awkward but you won't look awkward, um, necessarily. Uh, there are some things that you won't notice, but other people will very helpfully say, oh, you know, you've got your hair caught under this, or, you know, you've got this part twisted, or something showing. Um, and, and, you know, it's... It, there'll, there'll be things like that, but, you know... Uh, so there's good grounds for being nervous, but, you know, it, it's not really that terrible.
0: How important do you think it is to assume the characteristics of the character? Um, you know, that's one of the things with me. I don't ever have to. I, mean, I don't have to go around speaking medieval language if I don't want to. I can just look a certain way as long as I don't whip out my cell phone. Everything's fine. But as cosplay, you almost have to sort of move the way the character does. You're supposed to embody that character and speak the way that character does, and and have your poses and things like that. Do you go that direction?
1: Uh, actually, not at all. Not at all. I've uh, very rarely seen that even. I mean, outside of uh, the uh, the masquerade costume contests, you know, when you're on stage and you're, you know, presenting a skit or whatever, um, most of the time people are just, you know, walking around being themselves. The only time that, you know, you really kind of get into character is when you're stopping to pose for a picture. And so then... You know, you don't need to necessarily get into character as much as, you know, strike, you know, the iconic pose or, you know, put on the right facial expression. Um, so in that regard, it's it's maybe a bit easier.
0: Mm. Okay, well, that's good to know. Less scary. <laughs> Less scary when you tell it that yeah. way.
1: I mean, there are some parts of uh, of both uh, D and Alucard that, um, like, I've tried, you know, learning some of the iconic lines. Um, just in case someone you know because uh, plenty of people will go around you know shooting video um, but it's rather indiscriminate they're not like stopping to take a short video of you you know they're just kind of photographing the entire thing you know just mm-hmm. really quickly um, but it would be interesting you know if someone you know stopped for that it, you can do you know the short snippet uh, of a character and so I, I've, I've looked forward to that but I haven't had it happen yet.
0: <laughs> okay, we well, are prepared just in case the YouTube is going to happen. hmm Okay. Let's go to an article. I have a an article about sort of how to get ready to cosplay and how to begin, and I will mm-hmm. read these tips by Master Roshi, and then if you want to, tell me if you think that that's a good, a good tip, or you feel like there's some things that need to be added there. All right. Okay. In this section, let's talk about how to cosplay. Before we talk about this topic, you must remember preparation might take more than a day. Some people spend months to a year to prepare a cosplay. To cosplay what you want to be, it's not that simple, but simply a lot of details, such as costumes, wigs, props, makeup, etc., and you can become closer to what you want to become. Please don't expect just because you bought the costume, suddenly a perfect picture of your character is what you will become. So let's start. Should I play alone, couple, friends, or group is the first question that you should answer. And second, what character should you be? Before you begin, most people think cosplaying is just for anime conventions, but the truth is costume parties, anime club parties, clubbing for Halloween, or even just street clothes can be cosplayed. Anyone, creative character Lolita, video games, comics, TV commercials, even your favorite band member or a celebrity can be cosplayed. And cross-cosplaying is also recommended for male to females and is often seen uh, vice versa at different cosplays. Uh, So selecting a character is the most important and difficult step. So first you want to choose unusual or incredibly unique characters and focus on the overall image. And then second you could either do that or you could focus on the character's image, as in facial expression, atmosphere, which is very difficult. And if you know a character of a similar atmosphere, you can kind of use that to, to build your character. And the good cosplayers combine, combine both. They combine the outer, sort of overall image, as well as the inner facial expression and kind of character acting. Um, let's see, then they, they talk about data collecting, which is Ways to find things that you might use for your character: uh, internet, uh, characters, figure, visual, looking at it basically in an anime or on a, on a cartoon or something like that, and books, manga, magazines, and art books. And let's see, it says it's fun to play cosplay. You can become someone who you're not every day and have fun with friends. Anime conventions cosplay parties give 3 to 5 days of fun with your anime otaku friends. Don't forget the picture taking. Many people will ask you to take pictures together, and convention hotels are usually full of cosplayers to get to know. So that's kind of a basic article. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, um it, it's generic enough that I, you know, don't have any, you know, strong disagreements with it. Um I mean, all all the points can can certainly be, you know, fleshed out more. Um or maybe the Point is merely to make that, you know, if someone you know rewinds and listens to those points again, uh, is that there are you know important points that are made as very short statements, um, like particularly like okay, say you bought your your costume you know to wear, uh, one consideration is uh, is body type, mm-hmm. um, so. It's not that I'm going to, you know, bash some people for, you know, playing their character, which they want to do for fun, versus, you know, looking like their character, which they may not. Um, I mean, certainly, I am not really as pretty as these half-vampires I play. Um, But, you know, with a combination of the right outfit, you know, that fits me, Mm -hmm. and the makeup work, you know, it's, it's a case of good enough, really. Um, but yeah, it, personally, since I, since I do make my own costumes, um, I make it a point that I'm tailoring them to, to me, uh, to fit me. Uh, so even though, like, the characters are drawn, you know, anime proportions, their legs are like, you know, a foot and a half longer <laughs> than, than real, than, than is realistic and that sort of thing. But things like, uh, you know, how, how far their shirt goes past their belt line um, versus, you know, if they have the illusion uh, of long legs, you know, you can get that uh, via how you do, you know, your, your costume. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to do some adjustments like that so that um, it's like when someone looks at the picture of someone that's not human proportions But they still recognize it as human and they see certain features there. There's ways of translating that in your costume by having it fit right. Um, So, you know, even if you get like a pre made one, you know, if it's not um, commissioned, you know, custom made and all that, um, you know, you might want to alter it uh, so that way things, you know, fit right or, you know, because like if the character doesn't have a, a baggy, bunched up shirt, you know, then you know you want to make sure that your shirt doesn't look baggy and bunched up because it doesn't fit right. Mm-hmm. You know, for example,
0: I hear what you're saying as far as body type. I mean, there are times when you see someone playing a mm-hmm. character and you you really have trouble kind of figuring out who that is because they may be like an athletic build and that person's a really tiny, thin, skinny thing, or you know, they might be like a football player, big guy, and they're tr- trying to play this little half elf.
1: Yeah. I mean, it it's insanely hard to try to match a character's body type because, you know, these are anime characters and video game characters. They're not human to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> do you, you know. think
0: people pick the character that they play because they feel like they look like that character in some way and they identify with them or do you think it's just that they love that particular game yeah. or or anime? They...
1: They identify with them, and that's the, the strong point in, in why people do it, and to have fun. Now, they might identify with the character on a personality basis, mm. or like, oh, they like that character because they're cool, so they want to be like that character, or maybe the character's a jerk and they want to be like that. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's not necessarily, oh, I look like this character, so I'll do that, Um I mean, certainly, if you have that you know, feature, you usually uh, then move to, um, like, okay, do I want to cosplay as that character that I happen to look like? You know, would other people, you know, have fun with that? Usually, you know, if you're okay with the being stopped for your picture taken for, you know, 10, 20 minutes, then you could probably, you know get some enjoyment out of you know being stopped by people because you happen to look like this character mm-hmm. um you know so so there, there are definitely d- different um you know reasons to uh to identify with a character that would make you want to cosplay them and that's really you know the reason why you'd want to cosplay anyway is because there, there's something in particular that you want to do i mean maybe it's just okay they wear cool clothes and you want to you know dress like that
0: it seems to me that you'd probably, uh, if you really went to a lot of conventions would probably kind of shop around and you know look at your army navy stores and your thrift stores and other things and try to gather individual pieces over time and it probably wouldn't be something that you just kind of threw together on a weekend most of the pictures of people i see look like they spent a serious amount of time creating this and that is something that they're going to use over and over rather than you know just like the halloween costume that you're going to throw away
1: yeah i mean there is that gamut there i mean sometimes even the really good cosplayers you know will be like okay here's a costume that i can throw together out of things in my closet you know aka closet play um (laughs) you know and just wear it a bit and then be done with it you know because it's not a a really invested you know piece uh but yeah after you do a bit of cosplay um especially if you do a lot of work on your own uh on your own pieces, suddenly every every time you're going out shopping or, you know, even through a hardware store or wherever, you know, you start seeing, you know, bits of costume <laughs> lying around you. You know, it's like, oh, what can I do with this? Or, oh, I like the fabric of this. Maybe I can, you know, buy this and tear it apart just to use the fabric, mm-hmm. you know. It, you end up, you know, really looking at, you know, how can you, you know, scavenge anything, um, to be that little piece of detail that you need.
0: Then you'll be like me, where you have an entire bedroom full of little tiny scraps of material in bins that you know you'll never
1: use. <laughs> something like that, yeah. I, I have a workshop that's kind of similarly organized.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else that you'd like to add on the topics that we've covered or th- something that you felt like you uh, didn't get a chance to say?
1: Well, about maybe prop making. Which I ah. haven't actually done a whole lot, or well, I may have put a lot of effort into making some props, but I haven't actually, you know, either finished them or those projects really just went the wrong way and, and it was a failure. Um, but uh, certainly props is another realm that uh, some people you know en- yeah, enjoy just as much as making the costumes. Uh, some people just don't want to to bother with the whole sewing thing, but they can make props all day. So really, if you have those sorts of skills, you know you can certainly trade off with your you know sewing savvy friends. It's like, hey, you make me a costume, and I'll make you your staff sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in addition, there are these other considerations with with props. Um, I mean, I had briefly mentioned that uh, like traveling with my d sword, how you know, since I made it of wood, you know the TSA doesn't, you know, X-ray it and find it as a as an actual threatening object. Um, there's a, a pretty big gulf between the whole realism in cosplay and what you need to to get the thing done. Because what you really have to consider is that for cosplay, mostly all you're fooling is people's eyes and their cameras. You know, so. I have seen, at a convention, somebody came with their uh, you know Final Fantasy Cloud Buster Sword. Um, yeah, like five foot they, tall? Yeah, except they actually made it of plate steel. Oh. It was very unsafe. I mean, they were showing off that, yeah, this is really heavy. If I drop it on this lawn here, yeah, it sticks in the ground. And I'm like, yeah, they're not going to let you in with that. And they didn't. You know, it's like, sorry, you got to take that and go home. Um... Even though the dealer's hall, you know, there are, you know, vendors that, you know, sell uh, swords and replica swords and whatever. You know, the convention rules are usually, yeah, when they hand it to you, it's still in the box. You have to take it out of the convention now. Um, I mean, I imagine it's the same thing with Ren Fairs, you know, where, you know, if people have live steel or whatever, you know, you've got to keep that thing either peace bonded or it's just not allowed at all.
0: Yes, that's the rule depending on the fair, uh, they either keep it they piece tight for you or they just don't allow you to bring it in. I did wonder about that with conventions. What are Is it about the steel or is it about... Because I've pe- seen people walk into the Renaissance Fair basically with the equivalent of a maul or a sickle, and they allow that because technically it's wood. You know, th- the mm-hmm. rules are kind of odd on certain things.
1: Yeah, I mean, the weapon policies I've red for most of these West Coast cons are um, if it looks like a weapon, it has to be uh, uh, peace-bonded, or you know, it's like in the case of like fake guns, uh, they have to have the usual bright orange plastic tip and or, you know, they put these like, uh, gl- you know, like neon-colored zip ties uh, on on things to show that it's been made safe. Um, but So for things that, um, so for example, like swords, it doesn't matter if it's sharp or not, steel is not allowed, because steel hurts when you whack someone with it. (laughs) Um, and frankly, you know, with people, you know, getting into poses or whatever, it's like, okay, I'll get into this pose, oh, you just whacked someone behind you. Right. Yeah, that's a bit more than you. So, you know, it's like, I made mine out of wood, because wood is perfectly hard, durable, and you know wonderfully safe you put aluminum tape on it and it looks like you know shiny steel and you can't tell unless you get within you know one foot of it and inspect it yourself you know so it's perfectly fine for you know both playing around with and you know fooling the camera um yeah so things like you know large scythes and insane spears you know there's plenty of those in anime too and you know people make them out of things that are not metal and that makes them, you know, safe enough. Um, okay. Some things that might be hard plastic, you know, they'll be a little concerned if, the, if things have sharp points on them. Um, so they might, you know, uh, for costume's sake, you know, you might uh, make things, you know, with a dull point or whatever and just uh, paint it cleverly
0: how is that carrying around a large prop because i thought that could have its own set of awkward things like sitting down at the cafeteria or wherever you're eating and
1: yeah walking through
0: narrow aisles
1: and it does um i i haven't seen many incidents or whatever people are usually very careful when they're carrying around this these huge props um and you know depending on your outfit like if if you're wearing wings, you know, you can't really look behind you to see how they're doing. You know, if you're with friends, you know, they can be your minders to, you know, make sure that both you're not snagging, you know, something on your way by, and also you know, they can, you know, get people who aren't, you know, completely aware, you know, like, oh, hey, look out, you know, before they, you know, run into you. So, same thing with, you know, wings, large props, you know, That sort of thing. And especially if it's something that, you know, you've worked many, many hours on and maybe sunk a lot of expense into it. You know, if it's not completely sturdy or whatever, you know, and you're worried about, you know, it breaking or whatever, you you tend to pay more attention to it. I mean, similarly, you know, other people know that sort of thing goes into these costumes. And, you know, when they see someone with the giant sword walk by, they're usually aware enough to, you know, get out of its way.
0: You said you went to your first convention solo. Um, mm-hmm. How was that? Did you end up just sort of meeting other cosplayers that that were willing to speak to you because you were in costume, or did you just continue to do the entire event solo and then leave?
1: Um. Well, I did end up, you know, pretty much doing the whole thing solo. But I met plenty of people on the way. Um, I mean, people that you know stopped to take your picture uh, you know, the first thing it's them to ask. And so you usually have the opportunity there for, for having a conversation, um, like a little back and forth, uh, you know, w- with the photographers of kind of like, okay, how's this? And it's like, yeah, great. You know, and then they take your picture and then, you know, you get in a conversation of like, okay, cool. How'd you make that? You know? And, and how long did that take, you know, sort of thing. And, and, uh, even other cosplayers, you know, end up being shutterbugs, too. I mean, even when I'm in costume, I usually have my camera with me. So, you know, I'll stop people and say, hey, can I get your picture? And uh, if it's you know, possible, I start a conversation, too, because usually if I stop them for their picture, there's something interesting about their, their costume I want to know about.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So
1: I end up meeting a lot of uh, other cosplayers. Uh, I've made dozens of friends this way. Um, and uh, even though I haven't done any kind of, uh, you know, group projects uh, with any of them yet, um, you know, it's always been the possibility. And usually you end up uh, keeping in touch just for sake of, you know, uh, meeting up with them at the next con.
0: I did wonder if a same group tends to go to, to all the cons, or if you meet that person at the first con and you get their number or their email and then keep contact with them that way.
1: Yeah, so I've... Uh, Pretty much every con that I, you know, make new friends at, um, I'm still in touch with most of them, except for ones that, you know, drop off the internet, um, and usually it's like, you know, each, uh, con year after year thereafter, you know, they're usually coming back again and again. So I usually end up, uh, either running into them or, or planning on meeting up and hanging out.
0: Nice. Well, that's a good way to sort of expand your social circle of people that are interested in what you are. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I would like to say thank you to my sponsor, MapHook. Please join my group, The Gray Area Podcast, on MapHook if you would like to support the podcast or you can click on the sponsor link on my homepage. Join me on Twitter as at Podcast and join the conversation daily. You can also visit genesee.com to add to the discussion on this episode. If you have any gray areas in your relationships or just need a new perspective, you can email me your questions at jeneseagray at com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week with a new episode.